0: first time I got to scuba dive in the ocean, I just started to cry. It was such a magical experience. I didn't want to get back on the boat. <laughs> I was like, it's okay, just leave me.
1: That was Rosemary, a nurse practitioner who currently resides in the Florida Keys. She's been scuba diving for nearly a decade now with the same joy and passion as when she first started. Me, I'm David McMillan.
2: And I'm Briara Crockett, and this is the Adapted Scuba Podcast. Though an average scuba diver now, Rosemary had to go out of her way to become scuba certified.
0: I had wanted to scuba dive for years. But by the time I got disabled, I just hadn't checked that box. And then once I was in a chair, nobody would teach me. And then it was in 2012, I saw somebody who was an amputee who was scuba diving. I called and got the information and they helped me find somebody who was working with wounded vets to teach me.
1: Being involved with adaptive scuba myself I know that unfortunately, Rosemary's experience was the norm. But now, organizations such as Therapeutic Scuba Institute, which Rosemary and I are both members of, are trying to streamline this process and increase accessibility so that adaptive scuba isn't such a novelty. Keep in mind, disability or not, less than 1% of the US population is scuba certified.
2: We talked to Jasmine, a 24-year-old Miami native preparing to earn her SCUBA certification.
3: When I go on vacation, I like to get into nature. I, I like to get away from all the noise. And so that's why I'm usually in, you know, national parks or I'm somewhere out in the woods or in nature. Um, that, that's where I'd like to retreat to because I do live in a city. I live in a very loud city. I'm really looking forward to having, like, another outlet in the ocean where I can find some silence and some peace.
1: Jasmine, like Rosemary, is a daily wheelchair user due to being paralyzed from the chest down. And also like Rosemary, she's excited to see what this new underwater world has to offer despite needing to overcome some obstacles.
3: I'm not scared of being in the open water, open open ocean. I'm not scared of like sharks or anything like that. I think it's more dangerous driving around here day to day than getting into the ocean to dive, like, than a fear of sharks, in my
2: opinion. (laughs)
3: They might just take like a little nibble and be like, oh mm, yeah,
2: we don't like her. As far as the stuff she'll need to take to achieve this goal?
0: Well, it's actually to a large degree, the same as everybody else. The first thing, if you or one wants to become a scuba diver is to understand what you need to be safe. And those are true if you have the use of all your limbs or none of your limbs. You need to not hold your breath. You need to know that you need to clear your ears you need to come up very slowly. And so people who don't have use of their limbs and they've got a dive buddy, they need to learn how to communicate to that dive buddy so they can be safe. So it's always safety, and that's the same regardless.
3: But basically, my ass is super buoyant, and I'm hoping that they can they've <laughs> figured out a way to help people that have had this sort of issue. I'm anticipating that to be a bit of an issue at first. And other than that, I mean, I I think I'm going to be able to get the hang of it pretty quick. I'm a solid swimmer. I can respond to like social cues and directions fine, but I think it'll be more just like getting into the water that might be difficult and getting out of the water.
1: Underwater? People with mobility impairments get the unique opportunity to move in a gravity-free environment, freeing them from the everyday constraints of their injuries. Once in the water, they move with ease. However, some assistance is required to get to that point. This is where the role of the support or buddy diver comes into play. As a buddy diver myself, one of my primary roles is to assist with getting divers into and out of their gear, on and off of boats, and into the water. Once in the water, however, the divers are pretty much self-sufficient, except in some unique cases, allowing them to take in the wonders of the undersea environment.
3: I have always lived next to the ocean. Um, I've lived in Miami my entire life. The underwater world has always intrigued me, um, but I've never gotten to explore it. So being scuba certified will give me a chance to get in there and really see what life is like under the ocean and give me a whole new perspective about this body of water that is literally like half mile, half a mile from my house. I've always had this passion for the environment and getting out and seeing nature and learning about what we're doing to the, the fish population and what we're doing to the ocean. And I feel like I've just been taking in all this stuff. So I'd love to be able to see it you know, getting out into it and really getting a feel for what's going on is, it's really, I'm really looking forward to it.
0: The ocean is very stressed and it's causing severe storms and climate change. It's causing drought. It's causing uh, unintended forced migration uh, of humans to become safe or find land that will grow food. And there are at least 3 billion people on the planet that fish are their primary source of protein it is essential for humanity for us to care about the ocean and the ocean's health but we need everybody to participate
3: well especially in like the united states <laughs> and in wealthier neighborhoods. You know, I think it's usually people that are lesser fortunate or in less developed countries that they see the more immediate effects of what we're doing. We're so far removed from everything that we're doing to the planet and all of our actions. We don't see the repercussions. Or people aren't able to make the connection with stronger hurricanes and more extreme temperatures and more extreme fires. They haven't made that connection yet with climate
2: change. Through TSI, Rosemary and her group are connecting the next generation with climate change by immersing them in conservation efforts.
0: A couple years ago, when we had children with disabilities who really wanted to learn to scuba dive, and there was no real avenue for them to go to the ocean. So we decided we would fundraise and start the first camp in the country we knew we didn't want to simply have them scuba dive that we're going to come to the keys these are bright capable children and we wanted to introduce them to why the ocean is so important and why we have to care about it regardless of how old you are what your career path and we joined with coral restoration foundation and they have a wheelchair accessible classroom and the children would go there a couple go there a couple mornings a week and learn about coral.
2: Not only is TSI focused on making scuba diving for people with disabilities, also known as adaptive scuba, more accessible, the nonprofit also puts on a camp where children with disabilities help to restore our coral reefs.
1: Corals are reef building organisms, making the foundation for all other reef life. They help resist erosion so other organisms can grow in the area and provide nutrients for the rest of reef life.
2: In short, coral health is an indicator for the health of the ocean at large. I mean, you can
3: go to the beach and stuff, but to be underwater and actually see firsthand what's happening to the second or third largest coral reef in the world, which is right in the Florida Keys, would just kind of be unparalleled. And it's information that I'd love to pass on to like my close people and my friends and my family. We need healthy coral reefs. They're an integral part of our ecosystem. We need the ocean healthy for us to survive. So I would love to be more hands-on
0: in helping it heal itself a little bit. Conservation is a responsibility for everybody on the planet. And having a disability of any kind does not give us a free pass from contributing to the health of the planet.
1: Unfortunately, people with disability are often left out of these important conversations about conservation efforts.
3: Yeah, I think as more and more places become more inclusive, people with disabilities already have that interest. It's just there's that barrier of not physically being able to do it or there not being maybe enough programs that allow them to do it. Or a cost thing, because a lot of people with disabilities already have a lot of medical costs. And they don't have money to do anything outside of just surviving, and not, they don't even get to tackle their interests. So I think there's a lot of factors that are at play with why people aren't involved in these types
2: of programs. While some might focus on what we can do to help oceans and the planet at large, It's important to remember how much these seas have given us and how they specifically help those with disabilities.
0: The ocean is therapeutic at so many levels. In terms of physical therapy, it's very good because when many of us can't move all of our limbs on land because of gravity, we can in the water. And you spend a couple hours a day literally doing physical therapy if you're scuba diving. It can only benefit us because if you sit in a chair for enough years, you know, you get contractures, certainly diminished muscle tone. And this is a very good way of combating it and improving circulation and having fun. Laughing is really good physical therapy and you can't help but laugh when you're on a boat and in the ocean.
3: When you feel like you're doing something good for the planet, you'll get that return like tenfold just felt good for my, for my mental health. Like it just, it felt right. And it felt like I was more aligned with my own principles.
0: Well, as my heroine, Sylvia Earle would say, we take care of the ocean, then we take care of life on the planet. It's not uncommon for people to report a sense of calm, a sense of, of experiencing less spasticity, less pain, for at least a few days after scuba diving. We don't know if it's being at depth. We, we're really not sure. But enough people are reporting an improvement of emotional well being and physical well being that it really deserves to be studied and quantified. I do think there is a lot of benefits to us emotionally, psychologically, and physically when you have that kind of positive emotion. And then you add on the weightlessness, being out of their chairs and floating. And many of them haven't stood or seen themselves standing, maybe in their whole lives. But when they're in the ocean and we take them down where there's just sand and we're working on cleaning the coral and we take pictures of them, they're standing and they've never seen themselves. And it's a wonder. And then their parents to see the joy in their eyes to see their child doing something that they could never have thought, that my child will be scuba diving and cleaning coral. Whole thing is magical and fantastical.